Let me share a few thoughts with you this evening. And I want to, several of you were in the Tuesday prayer meeting. I want to, I couldn't get off my heart what the Lord was putting in my heart for the prayer meeting. Um, I want to read a portion of scripture out of Psalm 27. So if you were here in our prayer meeting on yesterday, you, you'll, some of this will be a little for me, but there's more that I want to share. So you'll get in on, on some of this. Psalm 27, verse 1 and verse 2. He, here's what it says here. Psalm 27, verse 1 and verse 2. Look at this great verse. This will be on the screen. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Now notice these words. Look at these words. The Lord is the strength of my life. Now just let that settle in. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then the 14th verse says this. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He, listen, he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Have you ever noticed how many times in Scripture it talks about strength or God giving us strength? Just a, a verse that comes to my mind in Isaiah. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their, you know, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. There's all these great verses about the strength of the Lord. And then uh, I, I thought about this verse today. I jotted this down. This will be on the screen for you. Listen to this. Psalm 61, verse 1 and 2. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. So that David the psalmist is crying out to God. Now look at this. From the ends of the earth I will cry to you. Now notice, that here's a very modern word. This is a very 2019 word. Some of you have said it this week, possibly. He says, when my heart is, what? Overwhelmed. Isn't that a modern word? I mean, this is 3,500 years old. This book's 3,500 years old. But yet as relevant as something written this morning, even more relevant. Why? It's the word of God. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, we say, well, I'm overwhelmed with schedule. I'm overwhelmed with keeping these kids. I'm overwhelmed with these finances. I'm overwhelmed with these tasks, whatever. But a lot of this stuff in life is way beyond what we can handle. You hear that? A lot of the stuff that, that we're dealing with today, that people are dealing with today, is much more than they can handle on their own. But we're not called to handle it on our own. That's the issue. That's, that's what Christianity is about. See, Christianity is completely opposite of every other religion in the world. Every other religion is what I have to do to get to God, what I've got to do to please that God. Christianity is different. It's God coming to where we are. I could, listen, I couldn't get to Him, and He comes to us. But sometimes we're just, things are beyond us. You know, this, this task that God's called us to accomplish here. It's beyond us in the natural. Maybe you're facing some fearful thing. People deal with a lot of fearful thing, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stuff. Maybe something's opposing you. Maybe you're in a trial. Maybe you're in some fierce temptation. Maybe there's some kind of serious need. And I can tell you this, every one of you in, in, in here and watching on the internet, every one of us, have faced things, some kind of need that we couldn't, we couldn't handle. But we can't make it our own. But here's what I want to talk about for a few minutes, and that's simply this, the God of our strength. He says, he's the strength of my life. Say that with me. He's the strength of my life. Now, I, I used this yesterday because I, I was coming to prayer meeting, and, and something just, the Lord just spoke to my heart through it. Peyton is, she's out here keeping kids but uh, she was driving, starting to drive. That's a prayerful thing, you know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> so my four daughters, I've taught them all to drive, and it's been wonderful, kind of. But, <laughs> you know, challenging, to say the least. So she's learning to drive, and I'm teaching her to drive. And, but here's the neat thing. She, she likes to drive my truck and not her mom's car. My, my truck is easier. So what I do is this. What I'll do is I'll flip up the console, and I will scoot right next to her. And so when we get to a little sticky place, what I'll do is I'll say, let go, T take your hands off, and I'll drive with my left foot, and I'll just drive like that. And then, and then she gets to a place where you can handle like, okay, go ahead again. And, we'll, and then we'll get to a sticky place, and I'll go, let go, just let go, let go, uh, let go. I'm, and I'm really, it's really preservation of my own life in, some, in one sense, you know. But, I, but I'm just like, okay, let go, I've got it, I've got it. And, and, and in a sense, it's almost like the Holy Spirit whispered and said, I do the same thing to you. Right? We get to places, we've got, we've got it all under control, we've got our hand on the wheel, and we get to a place and we say, I'm overwhelmed. And God says, take your hand off the wheel. I got this. Remember, remember when Jehoshaphat, when he says, what do we do? Just praise me. Just go out to the battle and say, praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Take your hands off the wheel. Why? Because God's the God of strength. God's the God of strength. Here's the thing. We're not, we're not meant to do it alone, and we can't make it on our own. But I'm grateful that through life's difficulties, we're never alone. Now listen to this out of the Amplified Bible. It's going to be a little bit loud. It's the Amplified Bible, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse my dry humor. But anyway, this is Amplified. Did you get that up there or not? And they, they didn't get it. Oh, shame on you, brother. Okay. But I'm, gonna, I'm messing with these guys back here. I want you to listen to this verse. This is out of the Amplified. This is a wonderful verse. Hebrews 13, verse 5. It says, let your character, your moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. So don't be greedy for money. Money becomes a God. You know, Jesus and money are the same in this sense. They both demand total loyalty. You're going to serve one or the other. You will not straddle the fence. They both demand loyalty. I'd rather serve Jesus because he owns it all. So don't be greedy. And it says, now, this is a verse that probably very few people in our entire world even live in. Be satisfied with your present circumstances. Be satisfied. Be satisfied with what you have. Now, notice this. For he, God himself, has said, I love this, I will not in any way fail you, nor give, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Now, listen to this. I will not, I will not, I will not. <laughs> I love that. Because you know why? In the Greek, it's a double negative. It's a little more. But in the, in the original Greek, in that verse, it's a double negative. And it says here in the Amplified, would say, I will not, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you. And then it says, assuredly not. God will not let us down. He's faithful. He's faithful. So what God has done in the scripture, he's revealed himself as the God of strength. God is the strength of our life. And we need to trust him. And that's what we're doing in this process. Our complete trust is in God to help us handle every circumstance with peace, with boldness, 
You know, in that, in that verse before that, or in that verse, in the, it says, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. You know, David said, you remember Psalm, it says in Psalm 3, he said, they say of me, you know, where is his help? God's not his help. But we can boldly say, listen, are, you gonna, are, you gonna, are, you, are we going to wimp out? Are we going to be timid and say, well, I just don't know that we can do this. No, we're going to do this because we're going to boldly say the Lord is our helper. I want the world to know it. The Lord is our helper. And we're going to do this because of the Lord is our helper. And we need to have our confidence in him. He's our, he's our inexhaustible supply. Amen? He is. He is. All right. Now listen to this. Just three things quickly, and then I'm going to just, just focus on one thing. But just think about this. God's strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. That's where God's strength is manifested. God hates pride. The, the greatest problem in the church today is still pride. It is. It's, pride is, is worse than we think it is. God hates pride. I mean, there's very few things that say that God abhors or God hates, but a prideful heart is something God hates. In fact, it says he resists the prideful person. The most important thing is for us to humble ourselves under God and admit what we really are and that without him we can do nothing. Now, we sing a song that uh, it doesn't bother me a lot because I'm not a legalist, but it, it, it starts out like this. And I understand the song, but it, it says, I can do anything, I can do all things. Well, that's really not true. There's a lot of stuff I can't do, right? Plenty of stuff I can't do. But I tell you what we can do. We can do everything God's called us to do. You hear that? No matter what it is, no matter how great it is, because it's not about our resources, it's not about us, it's about God. It's about who He is. And the last time I read, He's the Almighty God. Come on. He's the El Shaddai God. He's the God that is omnipotent. That word just simply means He's the all-powerful God. He's the creator. He, he said in the beginning, he spoke. And he said, let light be. And he created the worlds with his spoken word. What a mighty God we serve. Come on, we ought to be the happiest folks on the face of the earth. Why are we the saddest sometimes? And I know we go through difficulties and we get discouraged. But we ought to be the happiest folks on the face of the earth because our God, our Lord Jesus Christ, is out of the grave and he sits on the throne. And guess what? He's your strength. He's your strength. And in your weakest moment, you're actually the strongest. So I may elaborate that on, a little bit on Sunday. But he, he, you know, he said this, I'll make all grace abound towards you in 2 Corinthians 9.8. You have all sufficiency in all things. And so we ought to be happy about that. So let me, let me just focus on one thing, and I won't, won't be long here. But I want you to look with me over in Exodus just for a moment. Exodus we're going to look at how these folks responded and how Moses responded. Exodus chapter 14. I'm going to show you something. Now here's the people of God, and they're about to come across the Red Sea. And so let's look at it. This is Exodus chapter 14, verse number 10. Exodus 14, verse 10. If you put that on the screen, please. And Pharaoh, Pharaoh drew near, and the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were, they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And then in verse, uh, verse 11, Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? 
Why have you dealt so with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? Saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Sounds like a lot of church folks to me. Come on. For it would, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Now, to me, that just sounds like God, people that don't even know God. I mean, that's how, folk, that's how folks talk that don't even know God. But notice what Moses says in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. In other words, God's going to do this. You hear that? God's going to do it. Now let's get the story. Look at verse 21. Here's, here's what happened. Verse 21, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground. The waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on the left. Man, that is so awesome. Can you imagine, just in your mind, there's a wall of water on both sides. And these bunch of complainers were going, we're going to die. And now they're seeing the miracles of God. I've seen folks like that complain all the way. And then when God does it, they say, look what we did. I'm thinking, shut up. In the, you know, I just thought it. I didn't say it. But look at this. Here they are. Come on. Let's, how about let's be positive here. How about let's believe God. Let's speak life. And then it says, it says here, a wall of them on the right hand on the left. Verse 23. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea. All of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen. Here they are. And now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and troubled the army of the Egyptians. See, a lot of times we think trials, storms, difficulties, we, immediately our carnal mind, we go negative. We're going under. We're going bankrupt. Oh, that we get some kind of pain. and Oh, it's got to be cancer or whatever else. But what we don't know is every problem is a platform for God to do a miracle on. And I heard somebody say, I heard someone say, I want a miracle every day. And I thought, not me. Not me, man. I don't want one every day because I've read this book over and over again. And everyone that needed a miracle in this Bible were in trouble. I don't want trouble every day. I want some smooth sailing every once in a while. But what I do know is this. When we come to a circumstance like this, God's ready to do a miracle. See, hear, hear this. There's no problem, no great mountain or whatever that you may be going through that God's going to leave you there. God's about to do a miracle for you, just like he was going to do here. So God said, here's what I'm going to do. He prophesied through Moses and said, I want you to be, st- you're going you're gonna to keep your peace. God's going to do this. God's going to fight for you. Let's just follow God. And why is it that in, in most places, that's the minority voice? The minority voice are those, we're going to do this. It's going to, it, the, the majority seems to always jump on the negative bandwagon. What would happen if we got everybody saying, God's going to do this, speaking life, speaking the word of God? And then here's what happened. 
And it says, 25, he took off the chariot wheels. Must have had a good crescent wrench, Jason. Holy Ghost crescent wrench. Took off the wheels. So that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel. For the Lord fights for, the, for them against the Egyptians. The Lord said to Moses, now stretch out your hand over the sea and over the waters that they come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And when the morning appeared and the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it, so the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh, and it came into the and, and it, and that came into the sea after them. Notice this: not so much as one of them remained, but the children of Israel had walked. Come on, on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall of them on the right hand and on the left. So the Lord saved Israel. The Lord saved Israel. Did you hear what I said? You hear what the word? The Lord saved Israel. Say that with me. The Lord saved Israel. That day, out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in, in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Now you think if you saw a miracle like that, those folks would have never complained ever again. But I, I can tell you, I can turn one page, and they, there they are again. They complain. One page. I didn't get one page. Look at that. Just one page like that. And all of a sudden, they're complaining again. Here's what I want to tell you is this. God is so strong. The Lord, Hear this. The Lord is the strength of our life. He's stronger than we are. He's stronger than anything. And, and we look at a problem and, and we say, well, that's too big for us. But I can tell you this, it's not too big for the Lord. It's not too big for our God. He can do, he can do anything. Isn't it sad that when Israel saw the problem, the first thing they did is they, start, they thought the very worst. Now, you know good and well we do that. You know good and well we all have a tendency to do that. Now, you look holy right now, but I know. We all have a tendency to do that. But see, here's the thing. Moses had been with God. Moses had been in the quiet place. And as Moses was close to God, he, he knew God. And the more you know God, and the more you see, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You've got to fill up on this Word here. Are you, you hearing me? You've got to fill up on this Word. Now, uh, here's, here's the thing. You say, my, my faith is weak. Well, may, maybe it is. All of our faith gets weak at times. At times, but hear this: if I if I need gas, I go down to the gas station. If I need some groceries, I go to Walmart. Like that plaque I saw, that plaque at that lady's house said, "If I'm not at home, I'm at Walmart." But see, I know where to get it. If you don't have enough faith, I know where to get it. You get an open Bible and you pray and say, "God, fill me with faith." And you start reading the Word of God. Your whole spirit changes. Your whole attitude changes, and you realize. That God is your strength. God is the strength of your life. But I love what Moses said. Moses trusted God with all of this. He trusted God. God, God was the strength of their lives. Amen? God was the strength of their lives. Now, 
And that's what I want to drop in your, your spirit tonight. It's Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. We need to learn to depend on God for everything in our lives. I've watched God work in my life. God's been so faithful. Everything I have in my life that is good is because of Jesus. Everything. Everything I have, every good thing in my life. And sometimes we wonder how God's going to work his plan out. And that can really wear us out. I know when God called me to the ministry, I had no background in ministry. I know, you know, if you're raised in kind of a Protestant type church where they talk about the call of God and those kind of terms. But I was raised in a whole different way. We never heard those terms. If they said them, I didn't pick up on them. It wasn't like you know, we talked about that, sending missionaries out and all that. That wasn't part of our mentality. So when I came into salvation and was born again and was filled with the Spirit and called to ministry, it was all fresh to me. But there was an innate knowing that God was speaking to my heart that, that I, I, I... Here's what it felt like. And I was just a young man. I would watch the preacher on the platform, and, and in my heart, the Holy Spirit would say, that's what you'll do. That's what you're going to do. In fact, I even would have visions, but I was so unfamiliar with the things of God, I didn't know what they were really. But I knew that, I knew that God was t- saying something to me, but I was so inadequate feeling. And, and by the way, we're, that's an accurate feeling. We are inadequate. We are inadequate. What God normally calls us to, we have to depend on Him. He always will call you to something bigger than you are. Why? It'll drive you to your knees every time. You say, well, I'm, I'm facing something that is, I just, it's bigger than I am. But that's a good thing because you, you have to trust God. But I've watched the Lord time and again open doors. And it's just been beautiful how the Lord's done that. How God opened doors of ministry. How God provides a way. See, God's, uh, what did Isaiah say? God's ways are higher than our ways. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so are his ways above our ways. Let me just share this with you. And I've shared it before, but some haven't heard this. Most have, some haven't. One of the things that, you know, my wife and I, I call it dating in Jesus. You know, our dating was really just going to church and going to the prayer meeting, going to the revival meeting, going to the class, and, you know, that was really our life. Dated for a few years, and then we started talking about marriage. And we, we talked about children, and we, you know, we both came from fairly large families in, in American standards. And, but one of the things that we did is we prayed for our kids even before we were even married. Isn't that crazy? We used, to, we used to sit out behind her mom and dad's house, and we would sit out there on a swing, and I would have a Bible. She can tell you this is truth. I would sit out there, and I would read the Bible to her. I mean, that's a great way to have a good marriage. I mean, that's a better way than sitting at the bar. Come on. That don't work at the bar. I mean, you, 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 I just ain't working there, you know. So, but we, I would sit out there and read the Bible to her, and we would just read the scriptures together. And then what we did was, we, we knew what we wanted. We knew where we were headed. We believed what the Lord's plan, the Lord's purpose and will was. And so, as time went along, we married, 
And then uh, one of the things that we asked God to do is that we wanted our kids to know God. I can tell you this. It's not this church. It's not the job of this church to train my kids. Not, not, not your job. It's my job. It's her job to train our children. And, and we took that very seriously. And so what we did was, when, when our children were born, we wrote their names down next to Isaiah 44, verse 3. Lauren was born in, 19, uh, in, uh, in uh, 1988, and we wrote her name down next to this verse. I will pour water on him who's thirsty and floods on the dry ground. Notice this. And my blessing on your offspring. We wrote our daughter's name because we want them to know God in a very deep, personal, intimate way. And we wanted them to be full of the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. We weren't going to leave it to chance. We knew what God had spoken to us. And so we wrote their names down. In 1992, this young lady was born. We wrote Mackenzie's name down next to this verse in another Bible. 1998, we wrote Madison's name down next to this verse. In 2002, we wrote Peyton's name next to them. Because we wanted God, we knew that they would need God's strength. We knew that they would need to depend on the strength of the Lord, which is the Holy Spirit. What would happen to these kids that are in pornography, that are in drugs, they can't control it? What would have happened if they would have had parents that have led, instead of the drugs being stronger, the Holy Ghost in them would cause them such a heart for Jesus that they don't even want that stuff? And that's what we purpose to do. We wanted God to be their strength. So we saw our youngest, our oldest daughter, rather filled with the great Holy Spirit. And I've seen God work in her life in an amazing way. She's a pastor's wife now and is a great preacher. I think she's a better preacher than him, but I'm prejudiced in that area. You know, I'm partial. Uh, man, she's a great speaker and the Holy Spirit's in her. And I can remember just walking into her room when she was like 14 years old. And I'd walk into her room and she would be laid out, when we passed in Pennsylvania, she would be laid out on the floor, 14 years old, laid out on the floor, music playing, worship playing, just weeping and worshiping God. God did that. No human being could do that. We could point him, we could pray, we could believe God. And, but God did it. The Holy Spirit's our strength. Be strong in the Lord and His mighty power. And, and, and then the Lord gave me a strategy. The Lord spoke to my heart. Now, I don't know what you think about that, but I believe he did. And the Lord told me this, and you need to do this in your home. You know, when, 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 when we come to church, something's, listen, something's wrong in Christian parents' homes, in Christian homes, when a kid comes to church and they hear someone speak in tongues and they're all freaked out about it. Like, what is that? That's so strange. The Holy Ghost ought to be moving in our homes. Come on, Amen. And so the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to normalize, you need to normalize my presence, the presence of the Spirit in their minds and in their hearts. So we go, we'll walk around our homes, praying in tongues, speaking the Holy Spirit. And so I remember very quick, uh, and I'll just end with this. When, when, when Mackenzie was little bitty, she was probably eight, maybe 10. I don't know, maybe eight, it was eight. Okay, it was eight. And, and so what I started doing, the Lord said, normalize the Holy Spirit. 
And, and I know he's supernatural, so, but we would pray in tongues, and we would worship, and the Holy Spirit was just very real in our family. And so we were sitting on the couch. We were having family devotion one night. She was eight years old. It's been a long time ago now. She's, she's 45 now. No, she's not. So, <laughs> and I can just remember as clear, I can see it in my mind. She's sitting on our couch. She's actually sitting on the love seat. And we're having family devotion there in our home in Pennsylvania. And we were, we were, I was going to, I was doing the devotion and I read some scripture and then we, uh, we were going to start praying. And, uh, and all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me. It, it's just so clear. The Lord said, pray for Mackenzie for the Holy Spirit now. Pray for her now. And right there, it was me, it was Mackenzie, of course, and it was Lauren and Missy, just four of us then. All of a sudden, we, just, we all gathered around, and we started praying for her. I guess it was... Uh, Maddie was there? I don't know. This is my story. This is my story. She'll correct me at home. Or in church. But anyway, we laid hands on Mackenzie, and she received the Holy Spirit quicker than anyone I've ever seen. And there was no tears or anything. She was smiling just like she smiled. She was just, just smiling, and she just started speaking in tongues, and just she just like, boom, she just got it that quick. But you know why? God had already, the Lord had already prepared her heart. God wants to do that in every child's heart. It's, it's, almost, it's terrible that these kids have to be raised in such adversity, in such pain, in such anger, in such just sinfulness, and they don't get the joy of the peace and the presence of the Spirit of God. It's a shame. Parents, you ought to show, you ought to show your kids where the strength is. God said the, strength, God said the Lord is the strength of our life, but if they don't know how to appropriate that strength and to be able to trust God and live for God, they, don't, they, they won't know what to do unless you show them. The Lord is the strength of our lives. And all of our kids are filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with tongues. And I asked my daughter, my one that's still home, I said, you've been speaking in tongues? You've been praying the Holy Ghost? Yes, Daddy, I have. When? In, in my room at night when I'm reading my Bible. I said, good, you need to do it frequently. How many of you know that's a good thing? We tell them to do their homework. Have you done that algebra? I don't know why anybody would do algebra anyway. <laughs> Math major here. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have used that illustration. Sorry, Michael. So I, I repent right now. Uh, she runs the math program at a school. But anyway, we, we, it's important that we point our kids in the right way. And, and that's why, I'll close with this, that's why our strategy here and our vision here is, is a major part of our new building. It's going to have a kid's wing. A kid's wing bigger than this building right here, almost twice as big as this building right here, will just be kid's wing. We want kids to learn about God. We want kids to know God. I'm tired of seeing kids get, you know, in church for a while, and then the next thing you know, they're off doing something crazy. I, listen, I want fruit that remains. I want these kids to live for God their whole lives because what a blessing it is to walk with God and, and see the favor and the goodness of God. Amen. I want you to stand and let, let me just pray a prayer for God's strength. You know, and God's plan and purpose, you know, uh, we live in a world that, that pulls us down and we need God's strength. Come on, we need the strength of the Lord. Uh, 
you know, the Bible talks about, you know, being build up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. There's many avenues of God's strength, and, and uh, your, prayer, your prayer language is a great way to fill up your spirit to be filled up. Worship is a great way. The Word of God, it, what is it? Uh, 1, 1, 1 John 2.12 says, the young men were strong because the Word of God was in them. But also worship, faithful worship is a great way for families to be strong, marriages to be strong. It's amazing what God does in a, in a corporate gathering like this. That's a wonderful thing. So let's, if you just play softly, let's just pray a little bit here. Father, how we bless you, how we worship you. Thank you for these brief thoughts tonight from your word. When I'm overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lord, when our strength is, when our strength is depleted, we can go to the, to the rock where the water flowed, our Lord Jesus. Jesus, you said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they would receive. Hallelujah. 